You're listening to the She Leads Me podcast, episode number 14 with Petra Kolber, fitness expert, wellness leader, and author of The Perfection Detox. You're listening to the She Leads Me podcast, where women come together for powerful conversations around life and leadership. Each episode will bring you conversations with incredible women in leadership, tools you need as a badass female pioneer, and spicy topics around business and leadership. I am your host, Heather Simpson. My mission is to educate and empower women in leadership positions, taking them to the next level in their journey and career. Welcome to She Leads Me. Hello, She Leaders. Thank you for joining me today. It's Heather Simpson. I hope your new year is still off to a great start. Ours sure is at She Leads Me. We are really excited. If you listened to our last episode, you heard our biggest announcement of the year, which was in regards to our upcoming event, March 14th and 15th in Seattle, the She Leads Me Women's Leadership Event. We are so excited to bring to you such incredible content to really ignite that inner authenticity to create the most effective personal and professional growth and development for you and your business at Washington's largest event for women. We are going to be gathering with about 200 women in the room for the day and are really excited to connect with you. We're excited to give you incredible content. We're excited to introduce you to our speakers that we have. One of the keynote speakers that we have at the event is our guest on today's show. Petra Kolber is a fitness expert, wellness leader, and author of the book, The Perfection Detox. And today she talks to us about her journey, her journey in the fitness industry, leading up to her journey now where she is a motivational speaker and she has this incredible book and workshops that she hosts surrounding that topic, detoxing from perfection. It's a fabulous interview. Her energy is incredible and amazing. I had the privilege of meeting her in person last fall at an event that we were both at and immediately resonated with who she is, what she stands for, the energy that she brings into a room. You will actually hear that in today's interview. She has such great energy. She is an incredible, powerful female. And I am really excited to not only introduce you to her today on our show, but also have her be part of our stage in March. If you want to know information about her, you can go to our website at petracolber.com and also check out our website, sheleadsme.com. That has information about the event, about Petra, and you can find out all the details that you need to on there. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode with the amazing Petra Colber. Hello, Petra. How are you today? Oh, Heather, I am so good. I can't think of a better way to start off my new year than uh, talking with you and your listeners. Oh my gosh, likewise, likewise. I am so excited to have you on today's show for so many reasons, and a few of them being your messaging, who you are, what you're about, and what you stand for. And then the other is to really get to introduce our audience to you as one of our keynote speakers of our upcoming Women's Leadership event that will be held in March in Seattle. I I am so thrilled. I am so thrilled that we connected last year. Yes. And I am so deeply honored and excited and 
I just cannot wait to meet your audience in person. As much as I love podcasting and all the the digital, you know, can bring us. Yes. As we, you and I spoke about, there's nothing I think women need more than face to face connection and community. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I know everybody is excited. People that have registered are so excited to hear from you and what you have to share. So let's start there. Why don't you share with our audience, for those of you that aren't familiar with you yet, um, who you are and what you do? Okay, so I'll start with where I am and then maybe go to how we got here. (laughs) Yes, that's perfect. That's perfect. (laughs) Because right now I'm going to give you my sizzle reel, my highlight reel by saying I'm a speaker, an author, and someone who Basically, I want to empower women to fall in love with themselves and bridge that gap in confidence. Because like this is the world that you speak to, Heather. Mm -hmm. We're all leaders, whether you're leading yourself, your family, a group of women, uh, 10 people, 100 people, thousands, it doesn't matter. But what I've realized is through my journey that for 30 of the years, Heather, before I moved, I pivoted into speaking and writing. I was I'm going to put in air quotes now, a fitness expert. Mm -hmm. And I do air quotes because as a recovering perfectionist, I hate the idea of being labeled an expert because then that sets you up with all these expectations. And I'm going to be the, you know, someone's going to ask me a question I don't know. And here I am, the imposter. But through a series of events, some of it luck, some of it hard work. I was very blessed to have a strong career in the world of health and wellness for, Mm -hmm. gosh, close to 30 years. I worked with Reebok as a fitness ambassador. I got to travel the world and meet tens of thousands of people. I was on DVDs. I give away my age by saying I was also on VHS tapes. (laughs) Don't talk about that. I also was on the back of a special K box. But again, not to say this is not to toot my own horn, but with all of that in the fitness world, what I found in myself, Heather, and with all these incredible women I was meeting, not just in the US, but around the globe, we see the best in others. But what I was also witnessing is that we also find the worst in ourselves. Mm. And the world of fitness, talk about a highlight reel for all your insecurities. I was like, what's going wrong here? You know, yeah. And so quickly, I went back to school. I, I, you know, I say, I jokingly say, for 30 years, I studied the neck down. And then I realized, hmm, it's really what's going on between the ears. Oh, and that's what, so good. Yeah, and what's going on from our head to our heart. So I went back to school for positive psychology. And through, you know, not wanting to be grapevining and sweating for dollars in my 50s, I took the leap into writing and speaking and have never looked back. That's incredible. So let's, let's go back a little bit before you're on a special K box. How did you even get started in like what led to all of that? Like clearly, you're very talented at what you do in the fitness world. So walk us a little bit in that in that journey, because all of that was based out of New York City, right? Or was was that kind of all over? Okay. So you're going to share a yeah, I'll share yes. a little bit of this with your uh, your audience in person during the talk when I'm at your event. But the l- quick story is, I had no intention, Heather, of ever being working, living in the United States. Never mind a uh, world of fitness. So I was a dancer. And for many years, I worked in London. Um, and I, it was like, ooh, it it was the quintessential every day you're being told you're not enough you you have to fit into a costume you're not tall enough you're not small enough you're not thin enough you're not whatever and so after years of auditioning for industrials and doing okay I saw a 
an advert for a cruise ship. And so myself, my, my best friend and I just thought, you know, let's go for a break. And we got the job and it was actually a really well-known choreographer from Vegas. And we got onto the high seas. I call it the low stakes of the high seas. And we were dancers. Part of our job description that we didn't know at the time was also doing cruise staff duties. And one of those cruise staff duties was teaching poolside aerobics at 7 a.m. And I was like, <laughs> what? A, I'm a dancer. I don't do aerobics. And B is like, what is aerobics? So luckily, one of the dancers was a, she just left the Jane Fonda studios. Okay. So she taught me what to do. Six months later, I got off into Miami and was still dancing, but I knew I wanted to move to New York. And I also knew I needed a backup plan. So I started studying and teaching this thing called aerobics, mm -hmm. moved to New York. My first audition, Heather, I realized, oh, my God, I am really not that good. I thought I was a great dancer for Miami. I was I couldn't sing. I couldn't act. I couldn't do cartwheels. So I realized quickly, I've got to get my, I got to go to plan B. Yeah. And that was fitness. And step aerobics had just come out. And luckily, I had taken the very first step aerobics workshop without realizing it. And because I could teach this thing that was so hot to trot, I got into the boutique studios at the time mm -hmm. that then closed down. And now we're back into the boutique era. It's so interesting how everything is full circle. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I met Reebok and they were looking for a new face of fitness and because of my background in dance, luck, timing, I had this class in New York at the time called London Beat, where I was working with four live drummers teaching step. It was like a rock concert. Oh, yeah. yeah that sounds fabulous. So fun, yeah. <laughs> but because of that, Reebok hired me, put me under contract. And then I say, you have a job, a career, or a calling. And I got to stop teaching 30 classes a week. I got put under contract with Reebok for 10 years. And that's kind of how I be, was able to be in this incredible industry called health and fitness mm -hmm. and make a career of it, which is not always the case. You know, we're teaching our passion. And this is what you do so well, Heather. You teach your, your clients how to turn the passion into that entrepreneurial spirit and make money mm -hmm. um, doing what you love. I got to do what I love and be able to keep a roof over my head. And lucky if I got injured, I had enough income coming in. So that's kind of the the fast, not so fast. Get me talking about things I can go forever. But that's kind of how I moved into the world of fitness and ends up on being on a special K box. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you still teach any classes? Like, can we still like come dance with you sometime, or is that is that far gone? That's a great question, Heather. No, and I'll tell you why. Um, five, you know, often we we step into our purpose through our pain. Yes, <laughs> or like a crisis moment. I say the world throws you a pebble, a rock, and then you run into a brick wall. And sometimes mm -hmm. the wall is just kind of thrown at you. Mm -hmm. So five years ago, I'd say about four, four or five years ago now, I had a crisis moment when I thought my, my forever relationship kind of ended. And I was like, okay, I'm going to either move back to New York City or back to LA because I had done both. Mm -hmm. And I decided, let me go back to New York for the reason is I had a steadfast group of friends that were going to hold my heart and my resilience until I could do it myself again. Yes. And the mm -hmm. first question was, is, are you going to start teaching again? I was like, okay, I have a choice. I can come back to New York as the way I left it. And that was now 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Or I can come back to New York and reinvent myself. Yes. 
And so I made a conscious decision to not teach, which means I then had to pay for a gym membership that killed me because <laughs> it was the first time ever I had to pay. I'm like, oh my God, this is expensive. Right. You know, I ran into a lot of people and there was a lot of temptation, Heather, for me to go back to the the, the comfortable sure, plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm well, sure a lot of people reached out and were also like, hey, come do this thing. And so that would be a very enticing thing and and an easier path that a lot of people think than choosing to step within what you know your calling in your realm is. Yes. And that, you know, that's such a great point, Heather. It's, I knew I could either do comfort for the long, for the moment or Create what did I want for my next year, my next 10 year lane? Mm-hmm. And so I kept asking myself, if you went back to fitness, and at the time I was I'm giving away my age, I was 51. Okay, 10 years from now, do you want to be sweating for dollars? Do you want to be the oldest one on? And there's nothing wrong on that. There's nothing wrong in, you know, motivating the masses at whatever age. But I knew for myself that I didn't want to be out there on stage the oldest one in my industry. And I am in an industry, or I was, I still am to a certain point, that is not very forgiving of sure. putting on of putting on weight, on getting wrinkles, of not having a six-pack. And I didn't want to be fighting and be in comparison with the younger generation. I wanted to say, hey, you guys, those millennials, you younger, come. Well, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. But I want to step out of the way into a different path where I could redefine who I was on my own terms and still, you know, hopefully inspire the people that had been with me for 30 years, but in a different way. Right. And what an amazing way to kind of put together like your legacy, because you are through your teachings and your workshops and now your book, you are kind of paving this new path to like what you were speaking about of, you know, the above the neck area and thinking more about that headspace. And so let's talk a little bit about that. So you have this book, fabulous book, it's called The Perfection Detox. When you were putting together this book, was it was it hard to think about the experiences that that led to this? Or were you very aware of this perfectionism thing that you struggled with in your journey in fitness? Kind of walk us through the events that led you to actually putting it all to paper and writing the book? Mm, That's a really great question. Thanks, Heather. No, I think at the beginning um, around perfection, I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. I just knew there was an uneasy, an unease with myself being out in the world. And it wasn't, it wasn't um, huge at the beginning. And I think what happened is, you know, through a variety of circumstances, you know, my childhood. And then when I entered the world of fitness, let's just say that was a catalyst. When I entered the beginning, no one knew who I was. I was this English, I was this person with the weird accent and that Reebok had brought on. So the, and no one expected much of me. And then when I got, suddenly I got positioned as the fitness expert. And I always say there's an Achilles heel. We have this one thought, I call it enoughness. And again, mm-hmm. I'll be speaking in more in depth to this when we meet in uh, your event this idea of enoughness. And it it comes up in different ways for us. But I do believe for most of us that there's a one falsehood that we have taken on as truth. And my big falsehood was, I am never, I'm not smart enough. 
And this came from my dance teachers. This came from many people that had said, you know, you're not good enough. You know, but the underlying falsehood that I had took on as true was you need to be smarter. And then when the word fitness expert came in, OMG, that was like a catalyst for all my insecurities Mm -hmm. because expert meant to me I should have a master's, I should have a PhD. And it was so funny, just kind of side jump this a little bit. I was at an event two days ago with some of the smartest and kindest women I know. And there's a gentleman there and they were all talking about the schools they went to. Oh my God. So there was, there was Harvard, there was Brown, there was Yale. And the guy turned to me and goes, so what school did you go to? And I laughed. It was the first time I said, I went to the Dolly Dingle school of dance. And he was like, <laughs> what? I was like, my schooling is my life is positive psychology. It's like a whole, you know, um, a mishmash of things through learning. But in the past, had someone said that to me, Heather, I'd have like just shrunk into a corner. But I was like, you know, this is my school. And so what happened when I thought of this idea of becoming a fitness expert, I thought I had to be perfect. I didn't realize that was the correlation I was making at the time, but I thought Mm -hmm. I needed to look perfect. I needed to do the perfect routines. And the big thing was I needed to have all the perfect answers. Mm. And that just became like the the big, you know, the the where the fork meets the, you know, where the rubber meets the road. And right. every time I stepped on stage, I had a good time, don't get me wrong, but I was always waiting for that thing that could go wrong or the person to ask me the question that would show that I was the imposter mm-hmm. or for something to catch me out. Mm-hmm. And in reality, no one was trying to catch me out except my mind, my past, my history, these false beliefs. And so through therapy, through going back to school for positive psychology, and I think that was the big aha moment for me, Heather, was even with the greatest therapists, they were always asking me what needs to be fixed. So I was always looking at my flaws. I'm like, oh, my, I'm a... I'm an expert at that. And in positive <laughs> psychology, they're saying, what's good in you? What are your strengths? What do you know for sure? And I was like, I've never looked at my life this way. Mm. And so I thought, ah, that's the missing link. I also feel that was the missing link with fitness. We are great at telling you you should be thinner because if we didn't, you wouldn't need me. You need right. to be, um, you know, you need to be fit, fitter. You need to be faster. But if I said you're actually quite awesome the way you are right now, you are perfect the way you are right now. And this is true to everyone that's listening. And there may still be work you want to do. You might want to lose weight to have more energy to fulfill your purpose. You might want to improve your eating plan so you have more energy for your brain and your heart to do the work that you are destined to do. You might need to move more because when you move more, your brain is happier. You are happier. You're going to be kinder to yourself. You're going to be more focused. You're going to be more resilient. But none of that is from a place of enoughness. Mm-hmm. None of it. Number number is a place where I need to be more. You are great right now, and there might need to be work that we want to do. But it's not trying to fix ourselves. It's returning to the good of who we are. How incredible! Just reframing that, right? Because you're getting to similar principles here of like, okay, evaluating what needs to be maybe up leveled in our life, but even reframing how you just were saying it. Especially, you know, right now we're at the very beginning of the new year. Everybody has all of the pressure, um, self-imposed pressure of like goals or resolutions and, and that type of thing. But just 
reframing it like you just did, I immediately felt like the sense of ease and just more positive about the experience of thinking through that lens instead. That was really powerful for me just there. That was Mm. amazing that that just happened, that you just said those things. And I'm like, I feel free. I feel free to think (laughs) about it through that way. Well, I think that's the thing too. I mean, not to talk about, you know, diet and fitness, but let's talk about that for a bit because that's a big part of, Mm. you know, to be uh, the best woman, female leader, we got to take care of ourselves. We have to nourish ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, nutritionally. But what I often have found, not but, and what I have found for many of us, we've used nutrition and movement as a punishment. Mm-hmm. I'm moving today because I ate something yesterday. I'm not going to eat today because I ate that yesterday. It's never going to be a win situation. It's going to be one of dread. It's going to be one of like self-deprivation. But if we can go, oh, I'm moving today to move myself closer to what I want to be, not away from who I am like move us move from a place of enjoyment and nurturing and i always say if you're going to look at your diet if you're going to look at your you know your workout plan use anything but the scale or numbers move for energy for your dreams move to be more focused eat for energy for your mind your heart your your day so you can be around your kids your other women that you are leading move for any other reason than weight And that's the thing that adds so much weight to our shoulders, those expectations. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, that's what the fitness world, and I'm a big part of that for many years, we do really well. (laughs) What's your weight loss goal, especially at this time of year? And guess what? You're going to lose weight, but Mm -hmm. it's not from a sense of punishment. That's going to be the bonus. Right. But if we make weight loss and that the focus, it's never, ever, ever going to work. So taking the health and wellness aspect out of it and relating to your book when you're talking about doing a perfection detox, what are some other ways that that might um, sneak in for people where we we may not realize that we're holding ourselves to such like perfect expectations? Um, What are some other ways that you highlight throughout the book that that has either creeped into your life or people that you've worked with? Um, What are some other examples? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have picked up this book, Heather, and said, oh, I bought this for a friend as I'm not a perfectionist. And then they read it, they go, oh my gosh, I saw myself in so many of these stories. Mm -hmm. Because it's whether you see yourself, um, if you're a perfectionist, or you don't feel confident enough, or you feel, um, again, this idea of enoughness, like I'm not Mm -hmm. smart enough, I'm not able it's like this growth mindset versus fixed mindset so the Mm -hmm. first thing is we talk about nourishing our body but like I said before the biggest thing we need to look at are the stories and the thoughts we are feeding ourselves on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and so there's been very few women that I have met that have gone I don't have any issues (laughs) with how I feel about myself and then if I do meet they're like okay I need to have coffee with you because I don't know what the heck you're eating or reading but you are (laughs) you are a unicorn so I think the first step is that we often have these reoccurring thoughts and it's um, Charles Duhigg I kind of relate it to this idea of habits and often we have good habits and then not so good habits and on average like our negative bias is so strong. It's, and I, I say to a lot of the women I work with, 
we then start judging ourselves. So we listen to this podcast and this conversation between Heather and Petra. So I, okay, great. I now know I'm going to be kinder to myself. And then two minutes later, you find yourself beating yourself up going, oh my God, I just closed up the podcast and already I'm, you know, we start judging ourselves. Mm. So I think the first thing to look at is this idea of how are you feeling today? And at the end of the day, whether it's perfectionism, whether it's um, your relationships, whether it's work, whether it's fitness, whether it's your dreams, whatever it is, when your thoughts come into your mind, I want you to ask yourself this simple question. When I'm having this thought about myself or what I want to do or be in this world, does this thought add more joy to my life or does this thought suck the joy out of me? Because we have so many thoughts about ourselves, about our position in life, about where we should be, that just suck the wind out of our sails. And we start this beginning of the year and we get to the end of the first month and we're already exhausted. And half of that exhaustion comes from this distance that we are traveling from our head to our heart. Your heart, your feelings that reside in your heart know the truth. And when your brain is telling your heart over and over again, you're not enough, you should be more of this, you, you know, basically we're shooting all over ourselves, mm -hmm. you're going to feel this static and that static is exhausting. So I invite your listeners to just check in with yourself, maybe, you know, once an hour, if you ha can have the time, social media is really good at elevating that static of reminding you of everything you should be. Mm. The thing that social media does not do, it doesn't show the 10,000 hours. I mean, people listening to your show right now go, oh, well, Heather, this is great for you. You know, you already have a podcast. You already have an event you're doing. You've got these great meetups that you do. Petra, this is great for you. You already have a book. But you don't know the backstory. You know that the 10,000 hours, the disappointments, the, the no's, the rejections, the failure, the heartache, that's part of the journey. Mm -hmm. And so when you can just check in with yourself, how am I feeling today? And then what could I do? What thoughts, what actions could I take today to be 1% more joyful? Not more joyful, more joyful or not joyful, happy or sad, because there's the other pressure, right? If I'm not happy and rah-rah, then what does that mean for me in my life? Right. So I thought I had this this past week, actually, um, Heather, is we are all, whether you're a perfectionist, whether I call it your confidence gap between where you are and where you want to be, what we often tend to do is be very black and white thinkers. I'm good or I'm bad. I'm fit or I'm fat. I'm a successful or I'm a failure. You know, all of those, pick your, pick your poison. But what about if we can go from moment to moment thinking versus black or white thinking? Mm -hmm. And at every moment, we have a chance to reboot, to reframe. And even if the last minute was a disaster, this next minute, minute could be the moment that opens us up into our potential. And then the next moment could be another disaster, but we tend to go, we tend to, and again, our brain loves to hook onto the negative, you know? Right, so right. can this be the year where you do the work, the heart work, and like you often say, it requires hard work mm -hmm. to keep reminding you of all the good that you are. And then from that place, do the hard work of Ramping up, amping up your business, your finances, your love relationships, your relationships from, with yourself, but from a place of enoughness. 
And this is not egoic because that's another thing I think we have a hard time with. Well, this means I'm egoic. Oh my gosh, trust me. There's your ego is going to need a lot before you become, you know, someone who puffs up. <laughs> trust <Right>. me. <laughs> Uh, I, this is so amazing. I, so I'm on the second time through of reading your fabulous book, by the way. And, um, there's, I mean, every single time I pick it up, I love it because I will always find such gold in there that either hits so home with me or like I snap a picture of and send it to a friend, like check out this snippet thing. Like this is Mm -hmm. so like perfect for you right now. And the thing that I also really enjoy is that, there is the aspect of it that's like, okay, like here's the detox part of the book. But then it's also, like you said, it's the reframing, it's the retraining where it's not, you're then not expected to read the book and then be perfect at not being perfect. (laughs) It's like the retraining your thoughts and giving yourself the grace moment by moment. I think that's such a really amazing aspect that you're bringing to light here and and bringing into people's lives. It just you must just get so much great feedback from people that either read this or attend your workshops or get to work with you in this sense. I think I think what I'm seeing, Heather, more than anything, and the thing that makes me happier, and I just got a thank you note from this beautiful woman called uh, Doris, mm-hmm. who is 94 years old. Wow. And she I read the chapter on saying yes and, and she goes, because of the book, I went to a stranger's Thanksgiving dinner because I said, Petra said to say yes and. So I think what I what makes my heart so deeply happy and I really mean this the thing I'm hearing from most women and men but I did write this for women especially Mm -hmm. is that we often feel so alone in this idea of not fitting in and almost feel like a stranger in our own life and feeling like an imposter this idea that we're going to get found out Mm -hmm. and so what I want to do more than anything is just you know, and you, you do this in your work. And this is why I'm so excited to be with you for your, you know, your event. Mm-hmm. We're all struggling. We're yes. all dealing. We all want that swan where we want to look so beautiful and perfect on the outside. But underneath, we're all just figuring it out. Right. We're doing the best that we can. And I know this methodology. I've broken it down into, you know, try to tell a perfectionist to detox from perfection. You go, okay, <laughs> well, how do I do that perfectly? Give me you know? the 10 steps. Yeah. Give me the 10 steps. <laughs> And so that's why I wanted to break it down into mini steps so it didn't, you know, we're already so busy. But then again, how do we take the time to take care of ourselves and our own heart? And again, just also being kind to ourselves, being an entrepreneur, we're going to be that. We are all type A. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm ambitious and I'm learning this year to be unapologetic for that, that ambition. And also it can be, again, our Achilles heel if we just go full throttle. Life is interval training. It's going to be ups. It's going to be downs. It's going to be moments of full on not sleeping, hitting those deadlines. But then we also have to have moments of recovery. It's moments of I crushed it. And it's moments of like, oh, my God, I just had the most biggest epic fail right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it's like recognizing that we're all in this together. And like you say, women supporting women. Mm -hmm. And that's been the biggest gift that I think has come from this book, women going, I feel less alone. 
It's a win in my book. Yeah, it's not so great too. And I just I love that you're on that journey as well as just being that support to other women because there just there is so much in this world that really tries to divide us. And then also just like that historical like archaic part in our genetics that it you know we were pitted against each other to like get the man to like you know (laughs) all of that and I just I love that you are on this journey and path to reframing that for people as well and just again looking at the whole body and health and not just you know one aspect of it really and really speaking to the mental emotional health as well which is so keen and important and a lot of people don't really want to talk about and your book is so brilliant and the steps that you do lay out because it's bite-sized pieces it's pieces that you know and and there's so much to it which is why I'm going through and reading it again because I'm like I know that there's like gold in there that you know my brain only had so much capacity the first time through so I need like need to go back again and so thank you for working within your calling and working within your passion because so many people, myself included, and just in my circle are benefiting from it. And it's just, it's a brilliant, brilliant thing that you've done here. Oh, thank you so much. And can I just say one little thing? Here's the thing I want people to know is, we often feel like to be a leader, you need to know it all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because that was the biggest thing for me for so many years. And I know the women that you work with, you don't have to know it all. Because I feel like sometimes when we position ourselves, we all want to be the expert. But when you get so far removed from the audience you're trying to teach, for like for me, even with perfectionism and confidence, it's still work I have to do daily. Because that, yeah, Mm -hmm. that inner critic, she's witchy. She just Mm -hmm. puts on a different disguise. And, you know, I used to think my enoughness was like, oh, I should be I'm not smart enough. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh, maybe I'm not young enough. Mm -hmm. But again, you just, and the more you're aware of this with compassion and kindness and awareness without self-judgment, just awareness and then reflection, that's when we get to shine a light on the dark places so that we can do the good work that we're meant to do in this world. And it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to really be helping. And again, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, the world would rather have your imperfect voice Mm -hmm. than your perfect silence. So let's put our imperfect voices, thoughts, ideas into the world. And then together, we can do amazing things. Love it. Love it so much. So I have a couple of questions for you for us to wrap up before we hear you on stage in March. Um, In your journey, I always like to ask people like what have there been any books or resources or um, spiritually aligning things that have helped you in your growth and in your journey to where you are right now? Mm, yeah, one one of the books I love is The Four Agreements yes. by Don Miguel Ruiz, because it's so simple and it is so profound. And the biggest one for me out of that particular book is don't take anything personally. Mm. Oh, how right. easy to say, how hard <laughs> to do. Um, so there's that. I just think it's I just keep coming back to that over and over again. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And the queen of buying so many books and then that like um, – So there's that. And then I often go to, you know, other people's podcasts like your own. And I listen to a lot of TED Talks. I just try, I try and stay inspired also out of the industry that I'm in. Mm -hmm. 
So I find that very helpful looking for nuggets of inspiration, but without the overwhelm, because what I can also find that as women, we start looking at what everything everyone else is doing. And then we forget, we get so sidetracked and we start comparing ourselves to everybody else. So I try to keep my inspiration to a minimum and read one book at a time and then put it aside. And actually what I'm reading right now is um, I try to read books that have nothing to do with work. And I'm reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. Yes. And and she talks a lot about perfectionism in there and Mm -hmm. she doesn't feel enough. So I'm like, okay. Okay, that lets us all off the hook. If exactly. Michelle Obama struggles with this, we're all good. Uh-huh. And I do love her vulnerability there that she she has shared, people like you have shared, I share with our audience when, whether it's on the podcast or workshops or whatever, like, you know, we all still struggle with this. Like, this is our message and this is what we're striving to live for every single day. And these are the beliefs and the values that we live by. That doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that we do it super well every single day. Like, I still struggle with certain things and just try to share that on our journey. And so again, I'm thankful for you sharing yours. People like Michelle Obama, like you said, like (laughs) she struggles too. It's okay, everybody. Like (laughs) just dial down the expectations. Uh, I love that. Um, So to wrap up, what are, what would be like your three tips of advice that you can give our audience for detoxing perfection. Mm. What would be like your top three takeaways? Yeah, I think that well, the first one is awareness. You know, our brain has like 70,000 thoughts a day. 90% of those are the same as we had yesterday, 85 pretend to be negative. So it becomes like a very comfortable cloak of negativity about ourselves that we don't even wear. We're not often aware of. So the first thing is, just be aware, keep coming back to that question. Does this thought, does this action bring me more joy or suck the joy out of me? Mm-hmm. Second step, you've got awareness, like, oh, okay. Second step is acceptance. Don't judge acceptance. It's like knowing that Michelle Obama struggles with this. Heather struggles with this. Petra's it's like, okay, you know, maybe I'm more of the humanist aspect than I thought. So mm-hmm. awareness, acceptance, and then it's action. We have to put hard work into the hard work and then say, well, is this really, do I have time to do this? To be the best leader, to be the best entrepreneur, to be the best mother, friend, whatever it is you desire to be in this world, you have to first, I used to say love yourself. And I think for many women, that's too big of a leap. We have to like ourselves. And let's put action to becoming our own best friend. That would be my invitation to everyone this year. 2019, can this be the year when I actually become my own best friend? Because it's only when we truly love ourselves, like ourselves, that's when we can be the most impactful leader, change agent, friend to others that we are destined to be and that the universe is expecting and wanting us to be. Fabulous. You are so incredible and amazing. I love your energy. I just took so many notes as we were talking here. I hope our audience did too, or at least go back and listen when you can. Thank you so much for just the the joy that you live in that really shines through in this call. I've met you in person. You know, I just, I really appreciate who you are and what you stand for. And I'm really excited to have you on our stage in March. And in the meantime, how can people connect with you if they want to get to know you more sooner? Where can they go? The easiest way is my website, petracolber.com, P-E-T-R-A-K-O-L-B-E-R.com. And on social media, it's just Petra Colber. 
Excellent. Petra, thank you so much for your time today. We'll see you very soon. Thank you. See you in March. I cannot wait. Thank you for listening to this episode of the She Leads Me podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share with your fellow female leaders and consider leaving us a five-star review. Also, be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram to get the latest information in the She Leads Me community. See you next time.